Hello and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Joint Podcast. This is season number three, episode number one, as we begin a brand new season here on the Scattered Abroad Network. Again, we're so grateful that you're with us. We're grateful for the opportunity to be able to enjoy this podcast uh, with you. I'm your host uh, for this particular episode, Caleb Rutherford, and I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity to study the Bible together. I know that this looks perhaps a little bit different to you, maybe where we are. You probably, it probably doesn't look that different to you, at least not right now, but when you look at some of our other hosts, it's gonna look a little bit different. And that's because we're recording from Polishing the Pulpit 2022. We're super excited to be here. We have an exhibit, a booth set up in EHB. Um, obviously, that will not make any sense to you if you've never been here before. Um, and obviously, these are recording and going up later um, in 2023. Um, however, for next year, if you know that we're going to be recording, please come by and see us here at our booth. Uh, there's a lot of background noise. You're going to hear a lot of different things. So we're going to try to edit as much of that as we can. But I think it gives the episode a little bit of character because it shows where we are uh, here at Polishing the Pulpit. We're great to be back here um and michael i know that we've missed ptp and it's really neat that we get to record here this year yeah it's always a wonderful blessing to get to be in the exhibit hall and just see all of the different works that are going on in the brotherhood it's really encouraging there's so many different things that happen and we said this earlier in the week on another podcast we did that last ptp this didn't exist our network was not a thing it was not happening and now we're able to you know flourish and thrive and a lot of it has to do with a lot of the people that are represented here at polishing the pulpit so we're grateful to be back absolutely there's so many good things that god has been has done for us where the network certainly has been blessed by him on this particular uh, episode we have uh to my left is host of the everyday christian podcast chase green chase thanks for being with us today appreciate it glad to be here absolutely and then to my right is drew settles host of the weathering the storm podcast man great to be here with you good to be back man. absolutely feels so good to be back at ptp uh we're grateful to be able to be here with uh, everybody uh, as always you can go to our website scatteredabroad.org and you can check out um, all the information that you need to know about us there and also don't forget that we are all are on all podcast platforms so wherever you listen to podcasts uh, please go ahead and find us there we are super excited for this particular season and we're we unveiled the theme at the end of last season so last month uh, however we are excited to officially talk about this particular season that being behold our god behold our god and i th- couldn't think of, we can't think of a better topic a uh, better theme than to discuss uh, that being our almighty creator and in this first episode we're going to be talking specifically just about god and it's i really i guess such a vast subject when we think about it you know where, where do we begin when talking about god there's so many different ways um, right. that we could that we could go but let me begin by opening this up for discussion among everybody here who is god he's god Next question. Uh, (laughs) Next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Piggybacking on that, though, he's the one true God. Sure. That's good. We we live in a world of religious confusion, and there's so many little G gods in people's minds, but we talk about the God of the Bible. We're talking about the one true God of heaven. Right. Absolutely. When you see in Scripture time and time again the singularity of God and God Mm -hmm. talking about how he is a jealous God and obviously showcasing to us um, that there cannot be any other gods in our lives, whether any form of idolatry or whatever it might be. Um, and we can't be pleasing to him if we allow those things to be uh, to be in our lives. Yeah, in Genesis 1, verse 1, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, right. Uh, you go to Romans chapter 1, people are serving who? Instead of serving the creator, they're serving the creature. So right. they're wanting to serve uh, the things that God created instead of the one who created those sure. things. Absolutely. Well, and most times you go to a movie, like if you see a superhero movie, the first origin story, like if you see Batman Begins in 2005, Batman doesn't show up for like an hour. 
into the movie. And so the main character, the main title of the movie, he's not even there for like an hour and a half. You're <laughs> waiting to see this character. Genesis wastes no time right. telling us in the beginning, God, right. he was present. He was there. John chapter one, one through three tells us that all of these things come together. Mm -hmm. And we find out that there was a working party creating the world and God was at the forefront of it, according to Genesis, but that he had helpers as well that were giving him information on what to create and signing off on each idea that was kind of brought forth. But God is the main character of the story. And I think, unfortunately, there is a trend in our world today to be way more focused on Jesus than they are on God. And I don't think it's wrong to focus on Jesus, but I'm thankful we're going to spend a whole year talking about Behold Our God and talking about the idea in this episode about God himself, because we can't make him take a back seat. We can't put God in the back seat and say sure. it's all about Jesus now. The Bible begins with God telling us that he's not a backside character. He is a main character of the Bible, and he deserves to be treated as right. such. Well, he be it begins and ends with God. We're right. talking about Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like you mentioned, it's, it's, and it's a hard concept when you think about the Godhead, yeah, talking right, about sure. three being one, um, talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Sure. Um, and that's an, it's a difficult concept, I, I guess, even for us as Christians, but especially for those in the world who don't really understand that. Um, that can be something that's extremely confusing uh, to our world. Oh, yeah. And, but in the New Testament, he even says the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sure. First, and, you know, the baptism of Jesus, all three members of the Godhead. Right. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Go back to creation. All three members are, are present there. Right. God the Father designed the plan. God the Word executed the plan. Mm -hmm. God the Holy Spirit organized the plan. Right. That's true with creation. That's true with the New Testament church. That's really true of the New Testament. Sure. When you think about the plan. Absolutely. Yeah, to really explain our existence, you know, you've got basically two major worldviews. You've got a worldview with, with God and you've got one without God, you know, the atheist and the agnostics. But really to explain our existence, it starts there, right, in Genesis chapter 1. You've got creation, you've got time in the beginning, and then you've got uh, God being the one who is doing the creating. He is the force, if you will, doing the creating. And then you've got his action, uh, what is being acted upon, that is the creating itself. And then you've got space and matter. In the, be in the beginning, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. So you've got everything that you need to have existence in a material world. And before the material world, who was? Well, what did Jesus say? Before Abraham was, I am in uh, present tense. And that's kind of a hard way to you know, wrap your mind around that. Before Abraham was, past tense, I am. What was he saying? He was saying, I am the eternally existing one sure. who created this universe. Sure. I think it's extremely comforting too when we think about God and who he is that we even have the opportunity, the ability to call him our father. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's, that because we think about the relationships that we have with our parents, we have with our fathers. Um, that's something that's special, it's unique. It's a bond that you don't have with anybody else. Um, and so to know that God is our creator, he's created us, Genesis 1 and verse 26. Um, and yet we have the opportunity to be his children. He is our father, having that intimate relationship with him. It's kind of mind blowing when you think about it. Um, but it's just truly uh, one of the greatest blessings. And a lot of people in the world, they grow up and they have a family, and then they become a Christian and they lose their immediate family. They are excommunicated, so to speak. And what a comfort to know that we have a God that through his son, through all of the things that he's given and provided to us, will never leave us, never forsake us, will always be there, right. listening to us, providing for us. 
there's not a lot of things in life that you can say are true like that and, and that are as faithful and as consistent as that. Yeah, First John uh, 3, verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason that we exist, again, is because of the Father in heaven, and, and we're his children. You know, you think of humanity in general being the children of God in that sense, but but Christians even more so. We are the children of God, and, and he is our Father. Absolutely. It's truly amazing to think about the relationship that we can have uh, with the one who created us and the one who sent his son to die for us. It's just, it's hard to wrap our minds around. And, and I guess kind of piggybacking off of that, going into our next question, how does God view us? And I think that's somewhat difficult because we don't know what it's like to be God. We never will know what it's like to be God. We'll never know the authority and the power uh, and the sovereignty that he possesses and that he holds. And yet throughout scripture, he does express to us how he views us. So talk a little bit about the way that God sees us. My first thought goes to Psalm 8 with David. Absolutely. David's a man for God's own heart. Mm -hmm. He's a man who strives to please God and honor God. In Psalm 8, he asked the question, who is man that you're mindful, mindful of him? him right. The son of man that you visit him. When you think about um, how does God view us? He views us as the very crowning jewel of his creation. Sure, the pinnacle of his the creation. The pinnacle of yeah. his creation. Genesis 1, Chase mentioned how perfect everything was. Everything is good. Then he makes man. He saw that it was very good. Right, right. And you mentioned Genesis 1, 26. We're made in his image. Sure, absolutely. I mean, how does he view us? He views us as the pinnacle, so much so that he sent his only son to die for us. Right. Well, That's you, th how he views us. you think about in creation, he's created the earth, the heavens, the moon, the stars, the animals, the birds, the plants, everything like that. Yeah. But nothing else can say that they've been created in his image that's and right. in his likeness. That's, that's something right. that's been specially reserved for us as mankind. And that's that's mm -hmm. one of the, the things that sets us apart right. um, from everything else that he's created is that we are made after him. Absolutely. It's amazing. I la we, all of us here have children on this episode. And when we look at our children, we can see at times images of ourselves in our children right. it's not hard to look at a child and go man he just looked a lot like i do right or man she just did something that i'm used to seeing you know her her mama do or i do or whatever and we can see those images that are showing through and that's how god created us like you're talking about and yep. i think that's a very excellent point nothing else can say that there is not a single thing on this earth that god took the time to make in his own image but us Right. And that shows us how special we are to him. Sure. He views oh, yeah. us as his own special people. Right. In the Old Testament, that was the Israelite people. And they were going through with that covenant relationship with God that's all the way throughout the Old Testament, woven through in and out of each book. And then in the New Testament, we get to Ephesians chapter 2. And around verses 1 through 10, we have this mystery of the Christ, of the cross of Christ revealed, which is all of us are no longer aliens or strangers or sinners. We are all in Christ Jesus. And we're told throughout the rest of the New Testament his special people. Right, yeah. First Peter 2, verse 9. We yeah, are his too. own special people. Um, but with that also comes a great responsibility, too. Um, yeah. We oh, can't yeah. just proudly wear the name, you know, Christian, proudly know that we've been created after God's image and then just act like whoever who we want to be. Uh, so there's right. a great responsibility on us. Oh, yeah. Uh, piggybacking on what uh, Drew had said earlier at the tail end of what you were saying, for God so loved the world. Mm -hmm. Is he talking about his physical creation, the earth, the world? He's talking about the people in the world. He, he loved the world so much, his, you know, the pinnacle of his creation that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish but right. have everlasting life. John three sixteen. what does verse 17 say? It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him 
the world might be safe. Sure. And so ultimately, when we talk about God and we talk about His view for us, really we are children, but because of sin, who, who are we? We are lost children, and, and He's seeking us. He, he wants us to, uh, to serve Him and, and to be reunited with Him uh, when we're in the world. Now, as Christians, we are of the saved, and, and we need to remember that as Christians, make sure that we live like that. Absolutely, yeah, and that goes back to the responsibility that we have, and I think we're going to talk about that uh, probably in a little bit as we close out this episode later. Uh, but we're talking about how God views us, um, and we know that He is our Creator, um, thus He is over us, the power, the authority that He holds. Um, but I guess we could kind of flip this coin and look at the way that we view Him as our Creator, as our God, as the all-sovereign, all-powerful uh, being. Um, how is it that we view Him? How do we, how do we see Him? Well, let, let's take it two ways, and I'll cover the first way, and then I know these two gentlemen next to me are going to cover the other way too. Let's look at how the world views him. Okay. The world views God as an unloving, sexist, racist bigot. Sure. If God exists, that's what he has to be. And they say that all the time by the way that they treat the Lord, the way that they look at God, and the way that they see the way the word tells us to act. They say, well, God must hate women or God right. must hate homosexual people, or God must hate, and they just continue to say that over and over again. And so the main tenet of the people's belief of God in the world is he's not worth following, he's not worth say, uh, serving, and he's definitely not a God that I should stop for a moment and become humble enough to say, what do you want? And I, I saw a quote, I saw a video where a man quoted, and he was asked, what are you going to do if it's all real and you get to those pearly gates and there's God? Mm. And the man, I believe his name is Stephen Fry, he's a British actor, and he was quoted as having said, I would look at God and say, how dare you? Bone cancer in children? What kind of stupid God? That's what he said. What kind wow. of stupid God would do that? That's how our world views God. Right. A majority yeah. of our world will say, you, you believe in God? You think that there's some great, big, mystical being? Okay, that's fine for you. And that's unfortunately i wish we didn't have to cover that part but i'll be the bad guy and i'll talk about it and <laughs> well, now i'll throw it to the, you guys what's the question people always say how could an all-loving all-powerful yeah. god allow people to suffer allow yeah. people to die um and that and like you said unfortunately that's just how people see it and that's it yeah. well and when that gets brought up you know with the atheist or what, what have you i always try to point back to genesis chapters one and two in god's creation he said over and over again it was good it was good it was very good and his creation was good. It wasn't until sin comes along in right. chapter 3 that we see things, um, you know, Pandora's box being opened, if you will, and, mm -hmm. and problems come in, punishment for sin, etc. Do we need to blame God for that? Or should we blame Satan for that? Should we play, blame uh, sin itself? Blame ourselves because we all do sin. Right. On the day of judgment, there won't be any more atheists. That's right. That's Absolutely. Right. Philippians chapter 2, every, every mm -hmm. knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Exactly but, right. My mind goes to two passages, one in the New Testament, one in the Old, Acts 17. Mm -hmm. There were people in that society, like Michael was saying, they didn't have a clue. In fact, they had an altar to the unknown God. Right. Just Paul in case says, we missed one, right? Yeah, like, exactly. No. They had a God for everything, little G God. Mm -hmm. And it says Paul's heart was, was stirred within him because he saw all these idols. He said, let me tell you about God. Right. And I love that sermon because it just starts with what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. God who made the worlds and him we live, move, and have our being. And he emphasized the importance of repentance and saying, listen, now that you know, like you said, there's a responsibility now. Sure. He's our creator yeah. and we are to submit to him. But then in Psalm 86, I think this is maybe how we need to view God. 
So there's the world's view. Here's how somebody who has a deep respect and reverence for the God of heaven. Here's who he is. Psalm 86, 5, For you, Lord, are good, ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you in truth. Verse 15, You, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. That's a far cry and a contrast mm -hmm. from how the world views God. That's the God of the Bible that we know and Absolutely. love. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's another contrast that, Michael, you were talking about. People like to hurl the accusation at God that, well, he hates everything. Yeah. And, and it is true that there are things that God hates. Proverbs right. chapter 6, verses 16 and following. There's six things, yay, seven things that God hates, and we could go into that list. But you also got to see the contrast of First uh, John 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So you've got both sides of the coin, if you will. God is love, but an all-loving God, an omnibenevolent God, if you will, an all-good God, to be all good, he cannot bear with and accept and be okay with evil. And I think later in the season, we're really going to get into that, talking Amen. about the just right. nature of God. Right. He's not going to bear with and be okay with and approve of evil. And so he hates evil. He, he doesn't hate his creation, but he hates the actions of, of when people are committing atrocities and evil. Yeah. Again, Proverbs chapter 6. And so we need to understand the contrast. We need to understand, yes, absolutely, God is love, but he's not going to bear with sin and evil sure, things. Sure. What do you think about 2 Peter 3, verse 9? He's he's long-suffering towards us, not wanting any should perish, but also kind of repentance. First uh, Timothy 2, verse 4, desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that immediately erases out um, some of the things that you had mentioned, Michael, about yeah. the way that the world yeah sees God, um, he certainly is long-suffering. He wants every single person to have the same opportunity, and they do have the same opportunity, just as you and I did, right. uh, to come to a knowledge of the truth, to be able to uh, come into a relationship uh, with God. And so I think that's important. But I like what you mentioned, up, Chase, talking about who God is. God literally is described as love, First yeah. John chapter 4. Right. Um, and it's demonstrated to us um, in the very next verse. Um, that God sent his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him. You look at Romans 5, verse 8. Uh, I think one of the greatest definitions of love is yeah. that while um, God demonstrates his love towards us and that while we were what? Still sinners. Yeah. Christ died for us. Um, so we think about God being that agape, unconditional love for us. Um, that's truly amazing when we look at God, understanding that that's how he views us. Thus, that's how we should view other people. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, well, and a lot of times, too, we're looking at the way people view God. We're looking at the way they think about God. That has to change to not be about what I think about God, but about who God actually is. That's what we asked the first question, who is he? Right. My knowledge of the truth about goodness and evil are only based on how I know something is good or how I know something is evil. And what we're talking about there, Chase mentioned it a moment ago, a father does not love his children if he does not tell them when they're being bad. Right. If he does not try to teach them respect and learning how to behave as good citizens. All of us have probably been at the receiving end of a ticket before by speeding or running <laughs> through a stop sign or something. We've also probably also been perhaps the recipient of mercy and an officer saying, I'm going to let you go with a warning. Right. In all honesty, when you think about both of those situations, the only way where justice is actually served is when we get the ticket. Yeah. We've broken the law. We deserve to have a ticket, but mercy is sometimes shown. And it's not shown because somebody hates goodness. Sure. And it's not shown because they say, hey, the law is not really accurate. We need to fix that by doing this. I'm, 
I hate the law, so I'm going to help you with this. God showed mercy to us. And I know we're going to talk about that throughout the rest of the season by saving and redeeming us. It wasn't because he said, I don't like what I've made. I know Romans chapter 7, which is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, it talks about the imperfection of man versus the perfection of the law. And it was impossible for man to keep it because the law was so perfect and man is so imperfect. But I love verses 21 through 25. It's not about perfection. It's about faithfulness. It's about living for God the way that we're supposed to live. But God has a right to say, you need to live the way that I tell you. And if you don't, don't be surprised if I'm going to come after you. Don't be surprised if you're going to have some consequences as a result of that. Right. But, you know, praise be to God, though, that he he did send us his son because his son did fulfill the law. He he kept it perfectly, never once sinned. And uh, is it Hebrews 5, 9? He he became uh, the author of eternal salvation for all those who who do what? Obey him. him. Right. So that's our obligation. What do you think about Romans 3, 23? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of his glory. When we do sin, Isaiah 59 and verse 2, it separates us from God. And because of that, Romans 6 and verse 23, we're deserving of death. And yet, even though that's what we deserve, even though that's what should happen, Jesus Christ took our sins, went to the cross, shed his blood, because of that, we have the opportunity to have those sins washed away, wiped clean, and we have an opportunity to go to heaven and praise God uh, for that. Absolutely. Right. That's right. Um, one uh, one verse ahead. I want to bring in was uh, Revelation 4, verse 8. You know, we sing this, holy, holy, mm-hmm. holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And again, that's the idea of his eternal nature. He sure. always was. You think about uh, our lives. Are we eternal? Well, in one direction, we're going to live in eternity, either uh, in, in heaven or hell, in one direction. But we had a beginning. We came into this world. It's called our birthday. But God is eternal in both directions. He, he has always existed. And you try to wrap your mind around that, but really it has to be that way. Yeah. For something to exist right now in, in what we call the present, there had to be something, or let me rephrase that, someone Mm-hmm. who created all of this mm-hmm. that we call existence. Yeah. And so who was that? The only one it can be is the eternally existing one. He, yeah, he pre-existed right. this existence, this yeah. material existence, if you right. will. Absolutely. That's kind of a difficult concept to understand, I guess, because like you said, we are not eternal. We're, right. we're, our minds are finite, so it's hard to wrap around who God truly is, but that should make us appreciate who he is even more because of how powerful and how eternal uh, he truly is. We're going to jump into our last question, but before we do that, I'm going to turn it over to Michael. He wants to say a couple things about our sponsor. Yeah, our sponsor for this season is the Memphis School of Preaching, and we're really thankful for them being able to sponsor us. Technically, they've sponsored every other season, too, because a lot of the knowledge that our hosts possess is because of a two-year education that they received from the Memphis School of Preaching. But they gave us an opportunity to have some what we're calling these little camelbacks. That's what they're called. Uh, they gave us each host each host a cup that we can use throughout the season to stay hydrated, and we're thankful to them for that. If you're interested in preaching the, the gospel and you're thinking about making that your life's passion and what you want to do for a living, We'll put in the information of the show notes and in our YouTube information as well, how to access the school's website and some of the other things that you need to know. But it's a two-year school. It's completely free, and we would love to have you at MSOP. And so we're thankful to MSOP for our sponsorship this season, and I'll turn it back over to Caleb. We've talked about God all throughout this entire episode, um, and rightfully so. He's going to be the focus of this entire season. Behold our God. We've talked about who God is. We've talked about how it is that he views us. We've talked about how we should view him. And I guess that kind of leaves us only with one question remaining. How do we please him? 
How are you and I, as part of his creation, able to be pleasing to a God that is so far above us, who is so high and so holy, so perfect, so pure? How can we be pleasing to him at all in this life? The thing about it is we are free moral agents. Sure. Yeah. God does not force us to serve him and love him. Right. God desires that we desire him. And mm. I was looking for this phrase in the New Testament and came across it in Colossians chapter 1. I'd like to read it. Talk about fully pleasing him. Paul's praying for the brethren there. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. How? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He goes on to say, He delivered us from the power of darkness through the blood of His Son. So how do we fully please Him? We live for Him, and we do it for the right reason. Our motive is He created us. And like we talked about this episode, He loved me as an individual so much. Right. He sent His only begotten Son to die for me. What else? could I do in return? Well, I'm going to give him my life because he mm. gave me his best. Absolutely. Matthew 16, 24, I'm going to deny myself, so, take up my cross, and I'm going to follow after him in every single aspect of my life. That's what it's all about. How do we please him? We stop pleasing ourselves. Right. When we got married, we all had to stop doing certain things that we were used to doing because we were single. It didn't matter. If we wanted to go get dinner, we didn't have to ask anybody. We just <laughs> went and got dinner. If we wanted to go to sleep or stay up late or go do something, we just did it. Now you're married, you have a spouse, and the worst thing to do is to just be like, I don't have to communicate with them. Right. I don't have to ask them what they want from me, what I can do to help them be happy and how to be pleasing to them as well. So I had to start sacrificing. I had to start communicating. God tells me, I've communicated with you. I want you to communicate with me. I want you to pray. I want you to be always thinking about how you can be doing better, and I want you to sacrifice. I want you to stop making it about yourself. Stop living for you and live for me. Be more involved in the work that I've set before you instead of making it all about your life. And when we really do that, that picking up our cross, denying ourselves and following him, we'll understand that that's not picking up a gold-chained necklace Mm. with a cross on it and wearing it and saying, I'm a Christian. That's carrying a bloodied cross because I'm bloodied, I'm bruised, I'm broken because I'm serving God and nobody's going to love me. A lot of people in this world are not going to like me for that. My brethren will, but even sometimes some of the worst enemies that we have can be our own brethren. Sure. And so God is the only one that is always truly on my side, and that's enough. And if I want to please him, I'll stop pleasing myself. Right. Well, you think about, too, and I'll turn it over to Chase here in just a minute, but you think about you're talking about your life being – you're married now. Yeah. And so you talk about the difference between being someone who's unmarried and someone who is married. You had all the fun, all the things you could do, and I'm not, I'm not bashing anyone being single by any means. That's not what I'm saying when I say this. However, I'm talking about this. Your marriage is so much better because of the communication, because there is that two-way faithfulness to you, and your life's better for it. And so when we look at God, how much better are our lives because of us communicating with God and God communicating with us through his word. They're just so far better. Um, plug hey, for your there podcast. You go. There you go. Like <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's plug for your podcast. Um, but they are so much better. Right. Um, because of our commitment and faithfulness to Almighty God. Absolutely. You talk about the love of God. And, you know, if we love God, we reciprocate that love that mm-hmm. he has for us. If we do that, what does John 14, verse 15 say? If, if you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. And I think back to the Old Testament, somebody that had to learn that the hard way, sure. Solomon. <laughs> Just read the book of Ecclesiastes. Right. What did he say, basically, of all the things that he was trying to find happiness in? He says, yeah. vanity of vanities says the preacher, all is vanity, emptiness of emptiness. It, it's all pointless. And he gets to the very end of the book, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, and he says, let us hear the conclusion 
of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. This is the whole duty of man or this is the whole of man. And then he says, for, all, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. That's the bottom line. We have to live our lives understanding that everything we do in this life, God sees it. He's going to judge us by it. We should love him. We should realize what he did for us. And then we should absolutely, to the best of our ability, keep his commandments because of the love that we have for him. Absolutely. And if we'll do that, our lives, no, no pun intended, you know, no, I'm going to do it too. It, they will be far better than they yeah. were before. They'll be transformed. Right. Uh, they'll be they transformed. Were You'll be an everyday <laughs> Christian. Amen. You'll weather the storm. <laughs> You'll be everything that God intended and, for you to and be. And hey, if you're still confused, just ask God why. That's but, right. Oh, hi, there you go. You'll have everything if you're diligent. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I'll stop. But all of the things that happened in my life became so much better Absolutely. when I let God take the steering wheel. That's and right. that's what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. Jesus is important. And I can't take away from that. And there's a song that Carrie Underwood sings about Jesus taking the wheel and being all about trying to save the life from the accident that's happening. Right. But if I spiritually allow God to drive because he knows so much more than I do, my life will be better than it's ever been. It won't be easier, but it'll be better. Sure. And I can right. look at people who have all that they've got in life and realize they're worthless. What you talked about, Chase, it's a worthless living, and I don't want that. So who is God? He's my creator. And therefore, I must serve him. Right. Someone yep. once said, if God's your co-pilot, then you're doing pretty well. Yeah. But I would beg to say, if God's your co-pilot, you better take a step back and let God be your pilot. Amen. Because yeah. you and I have no business trying to, to make our lives go perfectly where they need to be without the help of Almighty God. That's right. We're Absolutely. talking about God, all things about him, and we're so excited to be able to explore the nature of God to the best of our abilities. Obviously, even with our study throughout this entire season, there's still going to be so many things we don't know about Almighty God, but that's the great thing. There's so much for us to study, and we can continue studying all the days of our lives about Almighty God, who He is, and what He has done for us. We're so excited for this season. Thank you so much for being here with us. Again, go to our website, scatteredabroad.org. You can find all the information you need to know about us. Also, on every podcast platform, find us there. And if you could, please give us a rating or review. Certainly, that would help us um, in, in every, every way possible. We're so grateful for this season. We're excited for what is to come. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.